You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the last half hour of Real Presence Live. And I'm happy to be your host. My name is Jack Canelli, And uh, we're broadcasting from our studio in Fargo. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that uh, Real Presence Radio is now broadcasting in five states, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. And we're, this covers 10 dioceses, which uh, uh, in Bismarck, North Dakota, Fargo, North Dakota, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Crookston, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, Fargo, New Elm, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, and Superior, Wisconsin, and Winona, Rochester, Minnesota. So we have, uh, we're covering a large area. And uh, for any uh, businesses out there who would like to talk about a sponsorship, we certainly encourage you to uh, give us a call and uh, we see what we can uh, set you up with and, and get you on the air a little bit. And uh, our mission here at Real Presence Radio is to assist the Roman Catholic Church in drawing all people to the knowledge and love of Jesus and his church through radio and other mediums in full accord with the magisterium of the Catholic Church. And so uh, we certainly encourage people to, uh, you know, become sponsors and uh, get your word out to a very Catholic audience. And we also have a lot of people who are not Catholics who, who are our listeners as well. And uh, we're, we're happy to have them. We're still trying to get our, our guest online, so we'll, uh, you know, that, that should be happening sh- shortly. But in the meantime, I guess I would like to tell you something about the kind of a hidden gift we have here in North Dakota. Uh, I have worked for 11 years with the Sisters of Mary of the Presentation, and they are a sister, a, uh, an order of, uh, of, that comes out of uh, northwest France. Uh, they were started in the 1800s, 1828, uh, shortly after the Enlightenment, and when uh, they they have a very interesting history, and one of the uh, the more interesting history pieces of their history was back in the the 1900s, and and a lot of you might be familiar with the sisters. Some of you may have gone to school at Wild Rice or Oakwood or Willow City, where they had schools that I think most of those probably went out of existence time probably in the 60s. But at the turn of the uh, 19th century, in France, there was a uh, anti-clericalism really reared its head in the government. And the French government at that time uh, enacted a law that basically uh, disbanded the religious orders. They, the, first, uh, the first law they enacted said that the sisters could no longer work in the hospitals of France while wearing their their habits. And then uh, they basically uh, disbanded the orders later on and confiscated all of their property. And uh, it's, that's a, the, the, the confiscation of the property and the closing of the, uh, the, the convent is a story in and of itself that would make a great movie. It was one of these things where they had the, the place was surrounded by the 
police on horseback. They surrounded the convent. It was like uh, at 6 in the morning, or 4 in the morning, they, they started uh, uh, encircling the convent in the streets with horses, and they brought a lock pick along in case they had to pick the lock on the door rather than bashing it down in order to, uh, to uh, remove the sisters. You know, they kind of, the sisters knew this was coming, and they made arrangements to uh, move to a, uh, it was a school, a private school in on Guernsey, which is a British island in the, uh, the English Channel, just uh, off the coast of France. So they did have a place to go. And uh, anyway, to make, a long, to make a long story short, the... Uh, the sisters moved to the island of Guernsey, and within two months of that, uh, World War I broke out. And the superior general of the order went to, back to France, to the War Department, and said, um, you're going to need nurses, and you're going to need hospitals to care for your wounded soldiers. She said, uh, I've, got, I've got nurses, and I know a place where you can... Uh, set up a hospital, and so the government of uh, the War Department opened up convent, and that became uh, uh, Complementary Hospital Number Forty Two uh, to assist in the war effort. And so, this just kind of shows the heart of these sisters. They get thrown out of their country, but they were so French, I guess, that uh, they went back and they volunteered. And throughout the duration of the war, they ran a hospital. And when they went back, they had to actually find. They have the people in the town help them with uh, beddings and linens and things like that in order to actually get the hospital up and running. But anyway, that's an interesting piece of their history. There's a lot of other neat, other neat pieces as well. But we're going to turn and uh, get Father Paul Check on the line, who is our next guest. And he's from the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And uh, we're going to talk about Sumerian feasts that are coming up, specifically the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. So, Welcome, Father Check. Thank you. Thank you very kindly. I'm sorry that I'm late. Mea culpa times three. <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad I brought my history book along. <laughs> Good. I was listening to the story. It's uh, edifying uh, and encouraging to listen to such yeah. tales of uh, faithful Catholics. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, and take it from there. Well, thank you. Uh, next year will be my Silver, silver Jubilee of Priesthood, uh, 25 years, a uh, great blessing, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, a diocesan priest, uh, but I'm serving here at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe as the executive director. I've been here about a year and a half. Uh, uh, I've known Cardinal Burke for uh, 20 years or so. He's been a spiritual father to me, and uh, it is uh, an oasis of peace here in western Wisconsin, uh, with, uh, of course, uh, the mantle of Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, uh, protecting us and, and guiding us to her son. And uh, this year we'll, we'll probably have a total of 85,000 pilgrims who will have come uh, to the shrine. So that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great joy and a blessing. Uh, for my priestly life to be here. Right, and you mentioned it's, it's in western Wisconsin. It's, uh, is it La Crosse? Am I correct on that? It is La Crosse, oh, it is. yes. Okay, so, and so for yeah, people so not, in our... I'm, excuse me, I'm going to say for people in our listening area, you know, that's a nice drive. <laughs> it should be very pleasant. Uh, we're about two and a half hours from the Twin Cities. Uh, the Great River Road connects uh, La Crosse and, and, uh, and the Twins. 
but, uh, you know, we're on the, the western side of the state, which was not flattened by the glaciers. We have the Mississippi River, so the natural uh, beauty of this terrain is uh, uh, draws us. But then, of course, there's the beauty of the shrine itself. Yeah, uh, uh, my wife and I have been there several times. Uh, I have a brother that lives in Madison, and we always try to make a stop to the shrine on our way there or on our way back. But why don't you kind of uh, tell our listeners uh, who may not have heard about it or have been there, you know, what can someone who visits the shrine expect to see? Well, so we're on about 100 acres of uh, land that was donated uh, to uh, to the shrine uh, years ago. Uh, 2008 is when the shrine church is consecrated. And the shrine church is the spiritual center of the property. There's a pilgrim walk about half a mile that uh, people take. Those who are not able to walk, we have uh, a golf carts that will, will bring them up to the shrine church. But the idea of the pilgrim walk is important because it, it helps frame in our mind what a pilgrimage is. And, and the best way to think about pilgrimage, I think in the letter to the Hebrews, it says, here we have no lasting city, no lasting home, and we are on a pilgrimage to eternity going up to heaven. So that's represented here by the topography in walking up to uh, the Shrine Church. Uh, we have Rosary Walk, we have the Stations of the Cross, we have the Memorial to the Unborn, these are, and the Votive Candle Chapel, we have all of these things that are also on the property which are striking. And uh, But people come here with uh, uh, prayers of thanksgiving, with prayers of petition, uh, the desire to express their love for the Lord uh, and His Mother, and the beautiful Church uh, is itself uh, uh, conducive to prayer and reflection, the interior of the church was designed by the Notre Dame architect Duncan Stroik, uh, who has done the chapel at our, uh, the TAC College in California, did the Hillsdale College, sort of more in our part of the world here, uh, and it's beautifully done. It makes you feel like you're in Rome. Right. Um, we've walked up to that church, like I said, my wife and I have been there several times, and it is, uh, you know, it, you're, you're going uphill. It's a, it's a nice uh, it's a nice broad walkway. I suppose you could drive a truck up there if you if you needed to, but uh, also you do have shuttle carts though for people who might need a yes. little assistance for that sort of thing. We do. We have the golf carts. Yes. yes, and and obviously many people take advantage of that. Yes, and and at the and at the base at the, you have a visitor center where there's a very good restaurant in there. The Colina Mariana. Yes, so that is to give sustenance to the pilgrims. And uh, there's all kinds of tasty food that's prepared in there. And then we have a, uh, a, a really a lovely uh, gift shop and uh, bookstore uh, to, uh, to assist pilgrims with sacred images and, and fine reading that they can take home with them to continue the fruit of the pilgrimage. Yeah. Well, we've got about a minute before our, our first break, but uh, maybe you could tell us, uh, do you have a favorite spot at the shrine? Well, it's standing at the altar. Uh, for a priest to offer Mass here is, is, a, is a tremendous blessing. Uh, all our Masses are oriented, uh, and uh, so it, the, the priest is facing the very large image of, the, uh, uh, of Our Lady of Guadalupe that was uh, made in Rome, was done uh, there in, uh, in the shops. of, uh, and, uh, and the other place would be the confessional. Uh, we're hearing now, well, we were at the peak, about 1,000 confessions a month. And so this is a destination place for people to come and have their confession heard. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very beautiful shrine that you have there. And don't you have, you've got some meeting places, too, for people who want to conduct meetings, correct? 
We have the crypt, uh, which is down below the church, uh, where we can actually have meetings for several hundred people. And our goal one day, maybe we can talk about this after the break, is to build a retreat house so that people can actually stay on the property and extend the grace of the pilgrimage to uh, to a day, two, or several days of retreat. Okay, well, that's great. Well, let's 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 uh, after the break. I think we'll be talking about some some Marian feasts, and we can also talk a little bit more about the the, the shrine and some of those accommodations. So let's go to the break. We're we're talking to Father Paul Check from the Shrine of Our Great Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and we'll be back with more Real Presence Live after the break. So stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. If the Lord is talking to you, speaking to your heart, consider this. How do you wish to share your life for the good of the gospel? How can God working through you, touch the hearts and lives of others. There are many great vocations in the world today, but I invite you to consider praying about the thought, is the Lord calling you to be a Catholic priest? For myself, there is nothing greater than to preach the good news to people across our country, to share the the great story of Jesus, to offer sacraments, and to be with people in powerful moments in life. Perhaps the Lord is calling you. I urge you to be open to where the Lord is leading you in your life today, And to pray about this, perhaps talk to a priest and continue to ask Christ to guide you in your everyday actions. This is Father Jerry Kautzman. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Bismarck. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Tiffany Baumgartner from the Cathedral in Bismarck. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to this final final segment of Real Presence Live. We're talking with Father Paul Check from the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Father, um, we were going to talk about some Marian feasts this month, but uh, before that, maybe you'd like to... Just talk about the importance of the shrine. Why is it important? And then we can get into talking about the specific feasts. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let, let's think uh, about the way that we worship God. And the most important thing we do is worship God in the way that He asks us to worship Him and praise Him, and that, for Catholics, is the Holy Mass. So our liturgical life flows from uh, the Mass, 
and then the prayer of the Church, which is called the Divine Office, uh, and there are many lay people as well as religious and priests who say the breviary every day, some privately, some in common. And those uh, uh, expressions of worship are the central way that we, as the body of Christ, uh, give worship to God. But then there are other ways, too, which complement and strengthen our liturgical life and liturgical prayer, and those are the devotions. So the, the one that's probably best known among your listeners is going to be the devotion of the rosary. So the devotion to Our Lady is not something separate from the Divine Office and the liturgy, but connected to it because it disposes us to want to love and trust God more. Well, there are other devotions. There are the Stations of the Cross, and there are private devotions that people have to, to the saints that are their patrons. But of all of the, of the devotional devotions in the Church and the devotional life, it's actually pilgrimage that is the oldest. Pilgrimage is older than the Rosary, for instance. It's even older than the Stations of the Cross, because pilgrimage goes back to the Old Testament. People made pilgrimages to holy places in the Old Testament, and Jesus, Mary, and Joseph made pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So Cardinal Burke's idea years ago when he was a young priest here in the Diocese of the Cross in the 70s was to try to fortify the devotional life of people by giving them a place to go on pilgrimage, and at the same time deepen their love for and trust in Our Lady. So that's why a shrine exists. It complements parish life, it complements the liturgical life of the parish, and it gives us an added dimension to our spiritual lives by allowing us to bring our petitions and our thanksgiving and our love in a special setting, and that special setting is a Marian shrine. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about some feasts. There are a few this month. Why don't you tell us about those? Well, with regard to Marian feasts, uh, the one, of course, that is uh, most proximate to us will be December 8th. So that's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And, of course, uh, well, it's understandable why some people get confused about the Immaculate Conception. They think that means Jesus' conception in the womb of Our Lady. Uh, But actually, the Immaculate Conception, though it relates to Jesus, is about Mary's conception in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. And it's something that uh, uh, precedes, necessarily, and prepares the way for the virgin birth, which uh, is is the the Holy Spirit coming uh, for the miraculous and supernatural uh, conception of Jesus in the womb of Mary. So the Immaculate Conception is the preparing of Our Lady uh, uh, from all time— to be free from the stain of original sin so that her son can be born outside of uh, what Fulton Sheen called the, the current or the, uh, of original sin. Um, so that's December 8th. So we're actually honoring Our Lady in a special way because she has been preserved uh, in a way that no one else has been. And then, uh, of course, next will be our patronal feast, which will be the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, And uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of all America. Those are the words of St. John Paul II in a document called Ecclesia in America. So Our Lady of Guadalupe has a special significance for our uh, hemispheres, north and south, uh, because she is the one that uh, uh, that holy uh, uh, Pope Saint indicated uh, is our our patroness. So for us here, it's it's our patronal feast. 
And we recall the story of Our Lady's uh, 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 words to St. Juan Diego, Am I not your mother? Do I not hold you in the fold of my arms and in my mantle? And these are to give us um, uh, consolation and an opportunity to reflect on the great mystery of uh, Our Lady's maternity to us. But that word consolation, I would just like to say, is not something sentimental, kind of a hallmark feeling. It's actually strength. Uh, remember that Juan Diego's asked to do something he didn't want to do or felt uncertain about. Go to the bishop and tell him something. And he thought, well, wh- why are you asking me to do this? But Our Lady charged him with a mission, and she gave him uh, what he needed to, uh, to have to uh, be able to perform that mission. Uh, and he found the strength in her uh, mantle, in her maternal charity, uh, to live a strong and robust uh, Christian life. So we need that today. Of course, the story is remarkable. Eight million baptisms, all of those conversions in the wake of the apparitions, the stopping of human sacrifice at the time. And, of course, well, everybody's going to be familiar with what's going on in the Supreme Court right now, the Dobbs case, and uh, uh, the desire that we have to stop the human sacrifice of abortion. So our, our, our Lady is in, uh, intervening again, God willing, and we need to appeal to her uh, as our mother. Right. We were talking about the Dobbs case, uh, our, our first segment of the program, and one of the things we're mm. encouraging people is to pray, particularly today and tomorrow, because tomorrow is when the uh, the uh, the Supreme Court justices will go into conference where they kind of do an after-the-hearing uh, uh, gathering just to kind of sound each other out as to you know which way they think things should go. So... I guess I want yes. to thank you for you know reminding me again <laughs> to encourage our listeners to you know pray for the Supreme Court and pray for a a, a good decision on their part. Yes, no question. I yeah. mean uh, that is human sacrifice. Uh, it's the slaughter of the innocents, and we should be very plain about the the horrifying effect of this. Mother Teresa was very plain, just like Saint John Paul II. She called abortion murder. And she said, if you can kill the child in the womb, then there will be violence throughout society. And, of course, we know that we suffer from that terribly now. Uh, and we have, to, we have to restore our understanding of the sanctity of human life and the protection of the innocent in the womb. Well, we've got one minute to go, and I, I thought maybe you'd want to explain how December 12th is going to be a day of celebration at the Shrine, and then you can give us any final thoughts or reflections you might have. Well, so we have uh, many Spanish-speaking people, and, and certainly uh, some from, from Mexico who come, and uh, they have uh, uh, beautiful expressions of their cultural uh, love for Our Lady that will take place here on, uh, on the 12th. Interestingly, because the 12th this year is Gaudete Sunday, in the new form of the Mass, Gaudete Sunday will take um, uh, precedence, understandably. So... Though, though the, the cultural celebrations will happen here on the 12th, the liturgical uh, recognition of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe as our patronal feast will actually happen at 12.15 on Monday the 13th. But Cardinal Burke will be saying a pontifical Mass on December 11th, the Saturday at 11. He will say the 1 p.m. Mass here for Gaudete Sunday on the 12th, and he will say the 12.15 Mass uh, December 13th, which is when we will observe the patronal feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe at the Shrine. Well, it sounds like you're keeping the Cardinal pretty busy when he's there. Uh, I think it's actually the other way around. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I suppose. But we have no objection to that. Yeah, at all. When a cardinal comes to the shrine, I suppose it's like a priest coming to our house for dinner. You got to paint the place just about. There, well, and we're grateful for it for his leadership, his spiritual fatherhood, his vision, his strength. Uh, and his wonderful example of, right. of Christian truth and yeah. charity, and that's a wonderful shrine that uh, he's built there in La Crosse, and it's a, amen. And it's a it's a great place to visit. I, I think I would certainly yes. encourage our listeners if you're in that part of the country, uh, take the time to you know spend a half a day there at least. And one quick thing I can add is that because of the cardinal, the Holy See has granted us this indult that if someone comes here for a pilgrimage, they receive the same grace as if they went to the Basilica in Mexico City. Okay, great. Okay, now you've got a reason, another reason to go there. So, Father, we want to thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with us today about the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in, in La Crosse, and uh, I'm sure we'll probably have you again sometime down the road. I would love that. Thank you, and to your listeners. God bless you. Okay, God bless you, Father. Okay, well, I guess we come up to the uh, the part of the show that everybody is waiting for, and that's our technical director preview preview of the next show. So, Therese, take it away. Yeah, thank you. So, I just wanted to let everyone know what's going on tomorrow on Real Presence Live from nine to eleven a.m. Central. Kathleen Kovarik is your host, coming to you live from the Terra Sancta Retreat Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. Judith McNutt will be on to share about her dramatic experience of the Holy Spirit. And Rhonda Piercy will talk about the Holy Spirit's gift of giving. All that is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Okay, great. Thanks, Trez. And that, uh, I guess, uh, wraps up our Real Presence Live show for today. But stay tuned for more great programming on Real Presence Radio. Women of Grace with Johnette Williams is next. And um, we have a... Oh, 15 seconds. Here's a joke. I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Oh, Doreen, where are you when we need you? (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And... uh, like I said, stay tuned for more Real Presence, Real Presence uh, programming Real with Jeanette Williams next. Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.